Alcohol Tipping Point is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Boise. Speak Boise is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios, Speak Boise, and at their website, speakstudios.com. Speak Studios, speak and be heard. This podcast is also brought to you by Instant Imprints. Promote better with Instant Imprints. Instant Imprints are Boise's visual communications experts and your place for everything you need to promote your business, club, school, or group. As a locally owned business, Instant Imprints specializes in making your organization more visible with custom branded apparel, embroidery, promotional items, print services, and wide format printing for signs, as well as banners and vehicle graphics. Want better ways to get noticed? Visit Instant Imprints at instantimprints.com slash Boise or call 208-IMPRINT. That's 208 208- Four six seven seven four six eight. Welcome back to the Alcohol Tipping Point. I'm your host, Debbie Maisner, and today I have Kathy Charles on the show, and she is a sobriety connector. Um, a mom and a school counselor, and she's living recovery out loud. So welcome, Kathy. Thank you for having me, Debbie. Glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here. Where Where are you calling from? I am hailing from Cleveland, Ohio. Awesome. So Midwest. Yes. Okay, Cleveland. And um, tell me a little bit about yourself and, and what you do. Sure. Um, so I have, um, let me think here. I will be two years sober, um, coming up here, um, as of July 22nd. Congratulations. Thank you. So, you know, my journey, um, you know, I, I'm a mom of two, um, kind of grown children, a 19 year old and a almost 23 year old. And I am by day um, a high school counselor, guidance counselor, and I um, I really have found a passion. It's kind of my passion project as a visual storyteller of my own story, living it out loud, and connecting other people and their stories and what 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 people are doing in the sobriety community to make themselves better and help help the community and really helping spread that wealth, the sobriety wealth, to the world. That's fantastic. I think it, um, I mean, it's so important to recover out loud and just reduce the stigma. We've kind of been hiding behind our shame. uh, You know, it's funny. I I just had coffee with a friend and we were talking about that. Um, And I really, you know, it took me a long time to talk about this out loud. And I went through phases of, you know, I had like, Instagram accounts where I didn't really say who I was and all that. And then I finally broke loose um, a while ago. I'm also a co-host of a Getting Back to Zero, which is a live sobriety um, show on Facebook. And I started because I was interviewed just like I am now. And I just really, that's when I made the decision that I was going to let people know. And anybody can watch it. 
So um, I, and it was such a freeing feeling. Like I didn't realize how I had really put myself into a box until that moment. And I was so, I, I have just, there's like no turning back for me because I love it so much. I, I am whole, I am authentic. I am who I am. And really as a guidance counselor, shouldn't I be talking about the stigmas, you know? And so if I could be living proof that we need to talk about this, that that's my passion. Yeah. So, so important. So what, what has your experience with alcohol been? Well, I was a little bit of a late bloomer. Um, I really, you know, when I think back on it in probably high school and college, I was, if I did have alcohol, I was a blackout drinker. Um, so therefore I just thought I didn't do alcohol well. So I didn't really touch it until, um, my thirties after getting, um, going through a divorce and it became pretty much as I always describe it, it became, um, my partner in life. Mm-hmm. It gave me liquid courage, you know, wine, the wine bottle, the wine glass, I could do anything with it. And, um, and it, it really became a slippery road by, you know, a couple of years ago, I just really realized that, you know, really it was one of my, my, my children said, you know, mom, this, you know, you are not, you are not healthy with this. And, um, it made me really look at it. And I, for a year started controlling it, um, you know, controlling the drinking. And by the end I was exhausted. I just couldn't do it anymore. And so two years ago, almost two years ago, I put it down completely and for the first eight months, I really was in shame and in isolation. I, I saw no worth in myself. And then I found a community with um, through Laura McGowan's The Luckiest Club. Um, she was starting grassroots right when the pandemic hit, and that just broke me wide open. And I've been just finding community left and right since then, and it's been so healing with the shame, the guilt, the everything that comes, you know, finding my worth. I, I say the word the word worth over and over again, because I, I saw none in myself. And so, um, you know, I had a couple of rock bottoms, but, um, you know, it, it took it just being exhausted with myself to, to make the change. So when you, and it sounds like you tried to control or moderate, like I, I, my, I'm raising my hand, me too. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, you're right. It's just, kudos to those who can do it. And, you know, I forever was like looking for the magic pill of moderation. Like if I could just be a quote unquote normal drinker. Right. Uh, (laughs) And if I stop for a while, that will help. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Just doing a lot of dry months and I just wasn't ready to break up with it yet. I mean, no, no. We, we had to have, you know, we had to have a drag out, you know, like, let me just make sure I really don't like you anymore type of relationship. Um, I, I would agree. <laughs> so what, so you're, when you first quit and it stuck, it, you mentioned that it, for eight months, it was, it was kind of, miserable. Is that right? So what were you doing to stop then? Like, did you have any support? What was going on then? I I, I always joke that I call it, I called it the Kathy plan versus, you know, like a healthy plan. Um, (laughs) so, you know, I joined like a 90 day challenge. Like, so I stopped, but didn't tell only one person knew. 
um, the, the guy I was in a relationship with at that point knew. Um, and then we broke up and then I joined like a 90 day challenge through Rachel Hollis, David Hollis, where you give up something. So I gave, you know, I, I joined that community long story short, Ms. Michelle Smith from recovery, um, is the new black was in that community. And, and I had said, I had given up alcohol and given up sugar. And she reached out and said, Hey, join my online community. So I kind of half looked at that. Really, the Kathy plan at the time was a couple of things. I, so I did that. So I felt like I was being healthy, you know, living a healthy lifestyle. I, I really consulted with no doctors, which I would never suggest now. Um, but I got an acupuncturist. I, um, I did a meditation program, but I did it alone. I did a lot of things alone. You know, I did not yeah. want to talk to people about things. I did have a, a therapist who I talked to, but I didn't really get deep with. I wasn't. Really, I, I was in such a state of shock and in so much pain. And then the last thing I did was, um, you know, I, I was looking for for jobs uh, outside of the country because I was trying to do a geographical cure as well. Um, so, you know, all of that really came to a head when the pandemic came and my I had to really sit still. I couldn't keep running outside. And it's kind of interesting to me that the pandemic actually forced me to get community. And mm-hmm. I, I find that, you know, like a, a, a paradox in a way, like take away to get, you know, you have to give it away to, to get it type of a thing. Yeah. So it was the community aspect that really helped you heal. It did because it, it made me say, you know, how you just said earlier, like you raised your hand. Um, I thought mm-hmm. I was the only person. I thought I was the only professional. Like I did not want to go, and I'm not disparaging because I, I, I'm in it now, but I did not want to go to AA. I did not, you know, like I had a certain stigma, you know, that that's in, I just really was in a lot of shame. And so when I was going to Laura McGowan's meetings, you know, she was a professional woman who was saying the same things as me. And I was learning terminologies like shape-shifting and how to get curious with yourself and that, you know, it wasn't about willpower. It, there's a whole science behind this and it, the subconscious and, and, and just really learning the, bi- the mind-body-soul connection that I just never – I just really thought I was weak. I really did until I, I went into community. Yeah, I, I think that I can relate to that so much. I I think that kept me, the stigma kept me from getting help sooner because I, I wasn't, you know, quote unquote, rock bottom. I could still function. My job as a nurse and a mom, you know, you're in a helping profession as well. So you can relate. Right. Um, and then, and I didn't, I thought that AA and rehab were my only options. And I just was like, I can't, I, I don't need to do that. I don't want to do that. Um, and so then when, for me, finding community was, I did the alcohol experiment with Annie Grace. Are you familiar with her and this naked mind? Yeah. Well, funny that I went to coffee with a friend before this and that's what she had done. She was telling me more about it. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I find that to be if I would have known about that, that would have been really, she was talking about the subconscious and really understanding the connecting the dots. It's, it's a powerful yes. program. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also like what you said, the community um, was so important to me because um, there, there's a Facebook group with it free 
all free. Um, and just knowing like, oh, I'm not alone. There's like all these quote unquote normal people out there that um, are struggling with their drinking too. And I just uh, like, they do say like the opposite of addiction is community and I can oh, relate. It's so true. It is so true. And I mean, the fact how I isolated so hard for, mm-hmm. for eight months. I mean, it's amazing that I made it eight months with not drinking. Well, tell me what, what, yeah, it sounds like you've learned so much. Um, what would you say your top tips are for anyone that's looking to change their relationship with alcohol? I love that question. Um, you know, I would say, number one, get curious with yourself. Instead of beating yourself up, journal about it. You know, it, it almost, you know, connect the dots about how you're feeling, what your trends are. Do it. Do data on yourself. Get curious. And then start to get plugged in. And plugged in can mean a lot of things. I would say listen to podcasts. um, Find a community to just, even if you go on Zoom, like I was going on Zoom with Laura's meeting with my camera off and just listening and sobbing, but listening. And slowly, you know, just plug in all the good. And I'm, I'm stealing that line from Michelle, Michelle Smith. That's advice she had given. And that I, I think that I just didn't know what I didn't know back then. And then slowly, as you hear others, and so I would say plug in with, with podcasts, with books, whatever it is, but then plug into a community where you, where you are at at your point. If you are at a point where I don't want to talk to anybody, it took me three months you know, eight months, you know, to get into community and then three months to ever use my voice. Mm-hmm. I just had to listen and absorb. And then finally there was a talk on at one of the meetings on shape shifting. And I always just thought I was a liar. I always just thought that like, I just couldn't tell the truth. I couldn't be comfortable with myself. I never understood, even though I'm a guidance counselor, couldn't understand the psychology behind everything that had happened in my life. And so I would say get curious, you know, like about yourself and then plug in at, to not only what's out there, but plug into a community where you feel safe that you can listen until you can use your voice. And because I think community and then if, if you are comfortable, reach out to just one person that you that resonates with you. It just takes one person. So it's actually three tips. I apologize, but I think that it, like I was so so isolated. If you would have told me I had to reach out to somebody, I would have freaked out. Mm-hmm. So I think you know I would need I needed breadcrumbs slowly. Yeah, I, I, and growth is slow, and changing is slow. I mean, we just don't magically change overnight. Right. Right. You mentioned shape-shifting a couple times, and I can only think of, like, (laughs) sci-fi. So, (laughs) like, wow, are you a shape-shifter? Tell me what, what is shape-shifting? I would, I would have to look up the exact definition. Basically, it's, you know, it's, it's shaping who you are with whatever environment you're in at that point. So, I am the youngest of seven. And I moved, I went to seven different schools by the time I was in ninth grade. Wow. I had no, I had no identity. Whatever room I was in, whatever situation was in, 
I would just do anything and say anything to fit in. So I never knew who I was. I never knew who Kathy was. I never understood my worth. And so if you said, you know, I always think of that one, there's a movie, what, I think, Runaway Bride, where, you know, she li- he likes whatever, so she likes whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and with every relationship, she changes it because whatever he liked. That's how I was. Like, I, if you said you liked this music, I would say, sure, that's my favorite, too, even if I hated it. And I just, you know, I would, and so I wasn't being authentic. I wasn't being truthful because I never knew who I was. Yeah, that is so interesting and true, like, I, and a great name. Um, it is. I, and I never knew there was a terminology to it. Mm-hmm. I never knew that it was a thing. I was just thought it was me, you know, like, I, it was my upbringing. It's who I was. And I it was, and it's also attached to, like, people pleasing mm-hmm. and when you study trauma, there's a thing called fawning, um, which is a, a form of, of, of trauma, and it's people-pleasing. It, it, and so, you know, it was, uh, it was such a – it was literally the thing that, 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 broke me, that broke me open, that there are other people that are, again, like me, and that there was a root, more of a root than I ever realized. Yeah, I think that that awareness and identity and and naming things is so key. Like when you can name it, you you can feel it. Um, it becomes more real, and then you can either accept it or move on to it or do what you need to do. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then you know from there, I was able to see other things. You know, like it was like that that spotlight that finally came out of the dark Mm -hmm. for me. And then it just like brightened up other things that I I could look at and slowly then I, from there finding tools to heal and work through things. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are great, great tips and and great things to learn. Um, And like you said, you're celebrating two years alcohol free. Um, What do you think's different? And you've kind of already touched about that, but, what do you think is different about this second year versus you know, the first? You know, the second year, <laughs> I felt more healed. I don't know mm-hmm. how else to say it. Um, you know, the first year, I was just in such, well, I mean, a, a lot of it I spent in isolation. So the second year was a lot about connection, um, a lot about just how to begin to heal and, and heal at the same time. Um, you know, trying things like I, I had stopped taking risks and trying new things, um, talking to people. Um, it's just been the second year it's, there's been emotions, but they don't come on like, like big wave crashes. Usually things are a little calmer in the second year for me than they were. The first year was just I feel like I was just one big storm after another storm that wouldn't stop. And the the second year has been really starting to say, is that real in your head, Kathy? Or is that something you're making up? And what can you do? And even if it takes me a couple days to figure that out, but I'm, I'm, I'm learning to lean into the tools. Yeah. I I love how you said that the first year was kind of storm after storm and then 
the second year is it's kind of the calm after the storm. Yeah. I mean, I, I was saying the other day, um, I, I got to do, um, with better roads, alcohol free. I, I was on their Instagram live trying, um, an alcohol free beer and I woke up yesterday morning and I said, I have a life I never knew I wanted. I am having so much fun. I love that. That leads to my next question is how has your life changed since removing alcohol? I've been sharing with everyone that I, you know, everything on the inside has changed. I don't know if anything on the outside has. Mm-hmm. Um, I met up with somebody that I had met three years ago and hadn't seen him since. And I got out of the car. This was a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, wow, I am so different than I was three years ago when I started. I had met him one month into trying to control my drinking. And I had a beat up car and like everything was just a mess. Everything was a mess. And now, like because of the work I have done, I have cleaned up so many things. Um, everything's just different. And it's, it's so, I see the brightness. You know, there's a quote that I think just really, really defines me that it says, when I drank, I, I was numbing the darkness, but I didn't realize I was numbing the light too. And I just feel like, wow, most, most days I'm like, wow, I I just, I'm one big wow. Um, I can't say I'm like that every moment. I I don't want to make it sound like, you know, Pollyanna. There's been some real like, oh, you know, moments, but they're moments. They're not, they're not days. They're not months anymore. Yeah. And they pass. We know that they They are temporary. Yeah. So, you know, my, my life now is tons of people all around the world getting to know them um in the you know in in recovery who are in recovery my life now is really I always say it's so sober full everybody always says that's a Kathy term but it's so (laughs) sober full like I I just have so much fun I just went to a concert with a bunch of people who are alcohol for like that are sober and had a blast um you know I I will meet with people I've never like I had coffee with somebody today that I've never met in person I would have called that off a couple of years ago. I wouldn't have been, even though I would have considered myself social, I would have had to have a drink to do that. Mm -hmm. And we ended up having like the best conversation for two hours. So, you know, I just think that I am connecting with people that I never did before. Yeah, that that's beautiful. What do you see? You know, I, I'm glad that you're on here because I'm curious since you are a high school guidance counselor what do you, and I have teenagers, well, I have a 12-year-old and then a 14, almost 15-year-old. So what do you tell your students or your kids or your high schoolers, like, what what advice do you have for them about drinking? You know, it's been interesting. A couple of people have really, you know, have asked me that. And in a way, I was really disconnected from wanting to answer that for a long mm. time, it, you know, because it was like, ooh, you know, like, and you know, like I didn't feel like I was worthy to give that advice, you know, and now um, I have that conversation, that brave conversation of, of, you know, we learn in the, in the sober world, like get curious with yourself. Mm-hmm. Do you have a history in your family is, you know, like, how are you using this? What are you trying to avoid anything? Um, you know, with my own children, we've had conversations of, you know, 
this is something that runs in your family. Be aware. Um, you know, what are you digging? What are you trying to find if you are using it? You know, so trying to plant seeds more than, than anything of helping them. Just like when you asked me the question, what, what tips? Mm-hmm. That's kind of this, almost the same approach I have to have um, when I am talking to young adults. I know that as a young adult, I didn't like being told what to do. Mm-hmm. But suggestions or planting seeds, I think, go a lot further. I might not cure their problem today or solve it, but I can give them the tools that I've been taught to start finding, like, how do I ask myself these questions and become self-aware? Yeah, I love that, that you just get them questioning why, why do you want to drink? What, what is, what is your thought process behind this? And be the scientist. Right. I, you know, I, I just think it's so interesting when you, when you start to think of yourself that way. And, you know, when we've been taught and conditioned a certain way, we don't question. And I think teaching even, like, I never questioned things about myself. I just made assumptions and really was like, you know, my own worst enemy. And I see that in other people and especially young adults, you know, when they're comparing themselves out with social media and all the the other things that they have going on. So get curious, you know, with yourself and what do you think? And that just usually is such a, a, a gift that I feel like that they get, you know, like, it's like, wow, you're right. Like, I've never thought about that. And like, why do I think I'm bad? You know, even if it's not about alcohol or whatever, like at that subject, I'm like, just because you don't like. Um, you say I'm bad at math. Well, I said, I used to say that, but really I just didn't like geometry, you know, and like just trying to frame it in those ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Reframing is definitely a useful tool. What would you say that you wish you had known when you were starting out? Starting out on getting sober? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wish that I would have understood community a little bit more and that, and that you don't have to put a label on things. You know, I I was so wrapped up in putting a label on something and you don't have to, you don't have to at all. You don't have to explain. You don't have to anything. You can just get curious and you can, you can do it as quietly, uh, you can have the, the sound on mute, or you can have it on full blast, but you can still, you can still do it. Yeah, so you wish you would have reached out sooner to community. Yes, yes, like I just feel like I, I was so ashamed of what I, I the damage I had caused, and so ashamed that I didn't have the willpower to stop, that I just didn't feel like, you know, I, I didn't see the worth. And I think if I would have known that there were other people, there were other women, there were other mothers, there were other guidance counselors, therapists, um, whatever, uh, walks of life professionals um, that that had these same sufferings, I, I, I suffered alone. Mm-hmm. And I no longer suffer. I thrive because I realize I look at it as I have a superpower now. 
Like I see things in a whole different lens and it's a gift, but I didn't see that then. Yeah. I think that switch is so key. Um, but from going to like, I have to quit drinking or I can't drink alcohol or, you know, kind of looking at, at it in a negative way and switching that to like, I get to be sober. I, I have given myself this gift of sobriety. It is my superpower. You know, I am better because of it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. There's just, it's like every day is just such a gift. It's, it's amazing. Um, but you know, I, I just, I wish I would have known that I didn't have to do it, that I didn't have to do it alone. And I would, I, I kind of knew it, you know, but I only thought there was one way and there's a million ways you can go about connecting with people right. from Instagram, you know, like even just getting on Instagram and sending a message. If you see somebody, you know, send them a message and say that resonated with me. Thank you. And start that way. You know, there, you don't have to do this alone. And I was just really determined that I had to do it alone. Yeah. I thought, I mean, I, I think a lot of people are out there doing it alone. And like you said, it only takes one other person to connect with. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, when I, I, I made one friend and that just changed my whole, my whole world because that friend was further along now didn't have as much sobriety in, as I did, or, you know, hadn't put the drink down as long, but was much more social than I was at that point. And she really helped me come into the light then. Yeah. That's fantastic. So what, what are your plans for this beautiful life of yours? What's your plan for the future? You know, I, I'm lucky. I, I'm just so grateful. I, want, I don't know if I'm lucky, but grateful. I mean, right now I am, um, you know, I have Sober Approved on Instagram. And the whole concept behind that is connecting everybody um, in, which, in the sober world. So people who are doing podcasts, who are doing shows, music, w- books, whatever it is, really helping, you know, seminars, it, it kind of giving a, a funnel to that, to, to come through and shine light on, on the sober world. But I'm also a co-host um, with, on Getting Back to Zero, which is a sobriety talk show um, um, with, with Jeff Graham, who runs Getting Back to Zero. You know, my goal is really, um, you know, and I'm also um, a host on 1,000 Hours Dry Parent Page now as well. And I would say that my goal um, in the next is really to help women, especially who struggle with finding their worth. And under there's so much out there with emotional sobriety to learn and to navigate and all of that. And I think once we put down the drink and we get past that struggle. There's so much, and so I, you know, see myself as a connector in helping women find their worth. Yeah, because you you found your worth, and that yeah. has made all the difference. It really has, and I just, you know, as I talk to women, and, you know, I, I did this workshop, this free workshop on trauma, and figuring out that financials were my trauma most of my life. And that's what I was drinking at. And just, you know, so I, I would say that um, I, I, you know, I'm in the process of putting together, um, I'm not sure how I will title it, if it's a seminar or a community, but 
you know, the traumas that the facing the traumas for women and, and working through it and to get, you know, to in the emotional sobriety to, to find the worth. Yeah. So, so needed and so important. Um, it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. But, I, but it's just, it's so hilarious because two years ago, I wouldn't have told you I was going to be on an Instagram live on an alcohol free show the other night, you know, like and tasting something that tasted like a blue moon, you know, that I loved and I forgot I loved. And I just, I love the surprises of this journey and like connecting with you. Like I would have never thought I'd be on, you know, a podcast and it's amazing. So I have plans, but I'm so also, I, I, I stay in, in the spot of remaining so open because it's, it's such an adventure. It's so fun now. Yeah, I, I love that you reached out and you were like, I've never been on a podcast. I'd lo- I I want to do that. And you're yeah. so like, I've never done Instagram Live. I'm going to do that. Like, you're just kind of have your your bucket list. I do. And it, it, it's an adventure. And I can't say I do them all well. Like, if you go to my Sober Approved and I'm doing, like, so- Sober Sundays, like, giving you, like, I'm learning Canva. I like I I can't Canva and I have a love hate relationship, but I'm trying, you know. And like I just, it's so hilarious, you know. And I just, I'm trying. I guess I used to take myself so seriously. Mm-hmm. If that's another piece of advice too, I do not take myself very seriously. Like I take my, I mean, I take what I do seriously, and you know, and the responsibility of being sober. But I'm willing to to be the new kid in something. And I used to hate being the new kid because, or, you know, or in also being the youngest, I didn't like to not know what I was doing or look like I knew, didn't know. Now I know that's the, that's the way of growth for me. That is amazing. I love that. Um, I can relate to like, I want to, and I'm practicing not having things be perfect or just so, you know, having things be good enough. Like, oh, yes. that looks good enough. I'll put that out there. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And I think it's a, a softer way to live, you know, and uh, it's in the middle. It's in the middle. Yes, totally. Well, is there anything I should have asked you but I didn't or anything else that you want the listeners to hear? You know what else I forgot to share mm. is I'm also in this adventure, um, came across a woman who does sober journeys and I am, um, in the works right now, creating two trips to Bali next summer, sober what? journeys. That's amazing. I know, I know. Like literally like this is my life. It's hilarious. I'm like, how did I get here? This is amazing. So, you know, it's just, um, I don't think there's anything else that I would, you know, I think that was the only other thing I wanted to share, but, you know, find, you know, just telling, telling those to just find some people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just, tr- just try things, just get curious. Um, I, I just, I can't say that enough because I think, I just remember the suffering and the the darkness so much. And I'm sitting here in my place right now and I have all the blinds open and, you know, I just, my life feels like the sunshine's just coming in all the time because I took all the broken little glass and upcycled it and, you know, and let the light shine on it. Oh, I love that. I'm going to, can you say that again? 
Um, so I've taken all the little broken glasses that were me and I put them back together and they're upcycled and I let the sun shine in on them. That's beautiful. Well, um, thank you so much, Kathy, for being <laughs> on the you. podcast. Remind the listeners where they can find you. Thank you. That uh, you can find, and thanks for having me here today. I'm at Sober Approved on Instagram. Fantastic. Well, enjoy your neck of the woods. <laughs> And your weekend, and I, I really appreciate you and the work you're doing and recovering out loud. Thank you. Thank you, Debbie. Have a great weekend. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Alcohol Tipping Point. I'm always here for you guys, so please feel free to reach out and talk to me on Instagram at Alcohol Tipping Point. And check out my website, alcoholtippingpoint.com. Again, I hope you can use these tips we talked about for the rest of your week. And until then, see you next time.